You're listening to Straight Forward Talk with a Tia on the Keys 107 Network. Real talk about relationships and married life. Welcome to Straightforward Talk with Atiyah. I am Atiyah, your host for the show and the relationship coach on the line to answer any questions that you may have. We have an interesting show for you today. The first half of the show, we will be reading and answering some questions that listeners sent in. We'll also read a brief letter from one of our listeners and respond to her letter. And if time permits, the second half of the show, we will open up discussions on pornography in relationships. Is it helpful or hurtful? So you definitely want to stay tuned. And if you would like to call in, and I hope you do, to ask a question or chime in on what's being discussed, please give us a call at 213-943-3618. Again, that number is 213-943-3618. You can also go to the chat room and send us your question via chat. So let's go ahead and get to it. Okay, last week we had a question from a gentleman by the name of Meadow. And he asked us the question, is social media good for my my marriage? And um, we covered it a little bit last week, but what I wanted to do is kind of recap on his question this week, particularly because this particular question or or thought process seems to be a permeating one, and I, I get a lot of questions and comments through to my email and website and so forth on this issue about social media. And so I I did want to touch on it again in this show and recap some of the responses and maybe hopefully provide a little more clarity. And also in our letter that we're going to be reading a little bit later, um, social media was brought up. So I definitely thought that it would be important to actually touch on this. But Mano asked the question, is social media good for my marriage? Now to recap briefly, on the response, what I said to Meadow last week is that it can enhance your relationship if used responsibly. However, the problem is many relationships, people don't use it as responsibly as they should, and and therefore social media becomes a sore spot in the marriage and consequently has also been cited as a major factor in many divorce proceedings. You know, many people meet their mates online, myself included. I met my husband online. And so in that sense, it could be great, particularly when you have people who do a lot of work in the home or online, and they don't necessarily have the opportunity to get out and meet people, to even begin a relationship with someone that could actually lead to marriage. So um, in that aspect, it can be a great way to meet people. But please keep in mind, if you're listening, Social media can also be a very risky situation to meet a person. And while people do actually meet online and get married, and it's a beautiful thing, um, however, wisdom would speak that if you meet your mate online, then you are particularly um, at risk for online affairs and therefore must be even more vigilant of guarding against engaging in conversations that lack aim and purpose because they ultimately could lead to uh, first emotional infidelity and then attachment uh, could take place or exist that actually shouldn't. You know, the thing about relationships that start online, they eventually have to be taken out of social media and nourished properly. You know, people, when they meet face-to-face, they usually wear a mask anyway. But over time, 
in that face-to-face -face discourse, that mask is actually slowly removed. However, when people meet and engage online, they're not just wearing one mask, but they're wearing layers of masks. And in many cases, um, come with false identities regardless if they use their real name or not. You know, you have a lot of people online that hide behind the computer screen. And body language, your eye contact, sound, and all the other indicators that allows you to get to know a person or the truth about that person is hidden behind the computer screen in online situations. So in this case, it's very easy to create facades. And it's easy to create images in the mind or develop these fantasies about people that are not necessarily based in truth. So when you have a couple that is married, there should be a cutoff period to close those conversations down. You know, being online is like having people over to your house. And if you're married and you're engaging in conversations with other people of the opposite gender and your mate is not present, if they're not aware of it or engaged in the conversation with you, it is like having someone over to your house at any hour of the day or night and your mate not being there. It's just really inappropriate. And the problem with social media is that people don't see the harm in how they interact. And they don't necessarily realize that it's inappropriate when in fact some of the interactions taking place is undermining their relationship at home. So like I said last week, Social media can can be really fun for married couples, and couples can use it to spice things up a bit. You know, they can flirt online with each other. They can play games, you know, send each other love notes and messages or, or post love songs on Facebook to each other, post each other and send each other flirt tweets. You know, me and my husband, we do a lot of that. And um, But there's a whole host of things that couples can do using social media that can actually enhance their marriage. And in that case, I would say, yeah, social media can, can help it or, or be a good thing. But what happens in a lot of cases is that people engage in that type of behavior with other people that is not their mate. And they don't necessarily see the harm in it. And that's a problem. You know, it's important to note that social media is a factor in helping to destroy many marriages, and certainly it's the source of a lot of arguments and disagreements in relationships. And it's important that married people manage their time wisely when it comes to social media, because the problem is while social media brings all sorts of excitement for those who may feel they live somewhat a boring or, more, or mundane existence offline, you know, but this is a situation where the couple must take the time to nourish their relationship offline and build up on that to bring excitement back to their relationship. You know, but you can't do that if you're spending all of your time online because, you know, real, real life off the computer forces you to deal with issues and face challenges, and it's not as easy to block a person or turn turn a person off or delete them when you're dealing with face-to-face -face real life issues. And you know you can do this when dealing with people online, but if relationships are gonna flourish, you have to be willing to face and deal with those issues and, and not run away from them. So last week we talked about some healthy behaviors that could help couples to be more responsible and and not really place situations that would impact their, their marriage or relationship negatively. 
And so one of those things was that it's important to manage time wisely online and that it's important for couples to agree on time to shut things down and close the outside world out. You know, that includes not letting other people in your personal space after a certain time. That should actually be reserved for your mate. You know, because a lot of times what happens is you have one person going to bed early, you have another one staying on the computer all times of, of, of the night, and, you know, they may be chatting, whatever they're doing on Facebook, Twitter, what have you, and one of them's in bed and the other's, and the other one's out there online, but the one in bed waiting on them to possibly, you know, come and have pillow talk or, or have sex talk or engage in conversations or dialogue, and they're out on, on the computer. You know, this is a problem. And so it's important that you don't allow other people into your personal space after a certain time that actually should be reserved for your mate. You know, and one of the things that I didn't mention last week that I definitely want to mention this week is that, you know, the brain is more susceptible to buy into certain things after particular hours um, because at nighttime your body is, is, is designed, it starts to shut down to prepare to be at rest and um, less oxygen actually goes to the brain. So you actually become more susceptible to buy into things that you would not otherwise buy into, especially during daytime. You know, this is why you see a lot of infomercials that come on late at night or like between 2 and, clock, two and 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, the saying that the freaks come out at night has some element of truth to it. And it's just best to avoid social media after certain hours, particularly if you're married. You know, and also if you are online, then you're not handling your business offline. And this opens the door for uh, the destruction of your union. So it's definitely something to think about. Another thing uh, to do is give your spouse complete and full access to all of your online accounts. In other words, complete, com complete transparency. You know, it's important not to abuse the access given, but it's also important not to shut your mate out. And both situations require trust. Another thing is if there are opposite friends that you have that makes your mate feel uncomfortable and insecure, delete them as friends. You know, there is the such thing as leave and cleave. And a lot of times in these situations, people find it difficult to keep the loyalty with their mate. But that's really important because if there's someone who the discussions um, turn into arguments, then you're just better off just deleting them as friends. And make sure that all ex-partners or past relationships, if they are friends on social media, make sure that you both are, you and your spouse are in agreement with it. You know, just because it's baby's daddy or baby's mama doesn't necessarily make it okay to have them as a friend on social media, particularly if your spouse has a problem with it. You know, the other thing is this. You know, people are always fascinated by people they see online being about the business. You know, women are drawn to power. That's an actual fact. And men are drawn to confident women. So you get men and women sending you LinkedIn messages, Facebook messages, or wanting to connect with you on Twitter. And sometimes they even want to move those conversations to Skype and start chatting on Skype. You know, okay, fine. But in those conversations, it's important to invite your spouse and keep the conversation about the business to just business and, and really be about the business and get to the point and then get off of it. You know, and another thing in this situation is to mention your husband or your wife. You know, whether or not your husband or your wife is involved in the type of business that you're doing or what have you, when you engage, bring up your husband, bring up your wife in the conversation. 
you know, because you're not just a partner in terms of your relationship as husband and wife, but you're a partner in life. And that means that everything you do impacts your mate. And so you definitely want to bring them up or include them in the process. You know, it's not okay to just build opposite gender relationships online where there's repeated and regular dialogue without your mate being involved. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, but it's not okay. Another thing is to be sure to mark your relationship status as married. You know, people, they get in heated arguments or debates, and then they go being spiteful and start changing their status to complicated or something like that. You know, you know this is not right. And so, you know, don't be going and doing that. And don't go clicking like on photos or post things that you know would offend your partner because you all didn't had an argument. And another thing to do is post photos of your mate and acknowledge um, your mate often. You know, and one of the things I encourage you to do is, is mention your mate at least once a week. Post a photo or something out there about your mate. Make it perfectly clear to the other person that you're not available. And and you, sometimes you have to, t actually all the time, you have to teach people how to not only treat you, but you have to teach people how to treat your mate. And um, this is something you have to do. People take the lead on how you handle your spouse, your husband or your wife. And if you're mishandling them or if you don't honor and respect the relationship, then you'll find that they will totally disregard it as well. So it's very important that you make it very clear that you are unavailable and respect and honor your spouse. And don't give any opening for someone to engage you and establish cords or strong attachments that should not be established with others outside of your uh, union with your husband or your wife. You know, social media requires a strong sense of leaving and cleaving, and it just helps keep things in perspective. Another thing is, you know, more and more emotional affairs are happening on social media, and emotional infidelity is just as devastating as physical infidelity. And often, the relationships where there is emotional infidelity often leads to physical infidelity. Because at some point in time, people who are engaged online, they ultimately seek ways to meet offline. And, you know, not to mention, if you're spending all your time chatting with another man or woman online and feeding and nourishing that online relationship, then I would have to ask you the question, are you handling your business offline? Most likely not. And this is one of the reasons why social media is often cited as an issue in divorce cases. You know, in truth, there's really no reason for a person to be in constant communication with an opposite gender friend online. And I put friend in quotation marks. You know, the thing about social media is that many people you talk to online, you haven't even met in person. And if you look at it from the perspective of every time you get online and you're chatting with someone that's not your husband or your wife or outside of the presence of knowledge of your mate, it is like inviting them over to your home and your spouse not being there. It's not okay. It's not okay at all. And so to wrap this question up, you know, anything or anyone that takes quality time away from you and your spouse or if it impedes togetherness with your mate or causes division in your union, then it's not good for the marriage. So I did want to bring this back up 
uh, this week because, you know, Meadow asked the question last week, but this is something that keeps coming up over and over again. And a lot of people get into a lot of trouble um, with respect to Facebook and Twitter and social media because you have uh, husbands and wives spending an inordinate amount of time online, but then they're not really uh, taking care of their business offline. And so they're spending a lot of time nourishing those relationships when that time that they're giving to whoever they're dealing with and interacting with online, if they took that time and put that energy into their marriage and their relationship, they'll find that their relationship offline would be just as exciting, just as strong, and just as fulfilling as the one that they attempt to build online. And in essence, you're really shortchanging yourself and your mate when you don't put parameters around that and really manage your time wisely and use it responsibly. And so I will tell Med O and all of those other people, all the other listeners who had that same question, again, is that anything or anyone that takes quality time away from you and your spouse or impedes the togetherness with your mate or causes division in your union, it's not good for marriage. So I did did want to say that. So let's move on to our second question, which is really a short letter that I received. But before I move on, if you are listening and want to call in and ask a question or make a comment or chime in at all, please give us a call at 213-943-3618. If you want to know or dig deeper into the resources for your relationship, you can also visit me online at www.themarriagetree.net. And there are many books and audios available to help strengthen your marriage and your relationship. So I want to move on now to this letter that is from a person who signed it, Sad and Broken Hearted. And um, I will read the letter and then I will actually respond to it. And what Sad and Broken Hearted says, she says, Dear Tia, I really don't know where to start. My husband and I have been married over 13 years, and for some reason, my husband has changed since he developed a health condition with his blood pressure last year. He stopped thinking about me and don't even want to have sex. He says it's because he's trying to stay strong and trying to start a business. He has been pushing me away lately. It's been more than five months, and I feel that it is my fault. I cheated on him a long, long, long time ago, and it seems that he is still bothered by it. He says that I spend too much time on Facebook and my work than spend with him. But when I give all of that up, he doesn't want to be bothered or doesn't want to talk about the problem. He tells me I have anger issues and that I need help. It's hard to know what he wants when he really doesn't know what he is doing to me. He found someone and he is not telling me. I found out through my best friend and she shares information with me. I continue to try to ask him about the problem. We do not do the things we used to do. I know he is lying to me. I know his body language has changed and he is talking to this girl on Facebook. And I know the truth will come out. 
To treat me like crap after all of these years is really messed up, and I truly do not deserve it. Silence is a deadly sin. We have not been talking for a few days, and lately he noticed that I am not the same. Sometimes I want to make things better, but my mind and soul is feeling empty. I feel like just ignoring the problem because I feel it is just a waste of my breath. He thinks he still loves me, but he is being with someone else in conversation mode. Overall, I am doing fine with or without him. He's just having normal conversations and says that he wants to buy her flowers and that he misses her. I don't know if he is playing games with me or her. I really don't want to feel down and out from him. He tells me that he loves me and that he is just trying to busy himself with his business and have other things on his mind. He is trying to get a house and getting his website done and his boys graduating this month. So he tells me he is too busy. So my question is, how do I overcome the feelings of emptiness and hopelessness in my marriage? It is still hard to trust. It's hard, but I feel this is something I have to deal with for life until someday or something happens for me in a good or bad way. I feel I have to face it alone. Sign sad and broken hearted. Wow. You know, there's a this is messed up. There's a lot of issues that are revealed in this letter on both sides. And I say sides because the two of you, and I hope you're listening sad and broken hearted, the two of you are not acting like a unit at all. If you're just tuning in, I've just read a letter by sad and broken hearted and am about to respond to her letter. If you would like to ask a question, and remember, no question is off limits, and if you want to chime in, please give us a call at 213-943-3618. Again, that number is 213-943-3618. Okay, um, sad and brokenhearted, uh, if you're listening. First of all, everyone deserves to be happy including you. And it sounds as if your husband is having difficulty forgiving you for cheating on him. Now, infidelity is a hard issue to overcome because it completely breaks the trust between two people. And for the person who was cheated on, it's a constant struggle to rebuild that trust. Now, you said this happened a long, long, long time ago. Um, and that really didn't put things in perspective for me because what may be a long time ago to you may not necessarily be a long time to the next person. And when it comes to infidelity issues, it really doesn't matter if it was yesterday, last week, last year, or 10 years ago. It's very hard to get through infidelity situations. You know, relationships are built on trust. And when that trust is broken, it disrupts how two people relate because here you have someone thinking that their mate is being truthful, they're being honest, 
and being transparent and really, you know, being on the up and up. But what they found find out later is that their mates been sneaking around lying and dishonoring them. And the reality of it is men have just as bad, if not harder, of a time dealing with it when their wife cheats on them because it interferes with their male ego. You know, men have this male ego that you almost have to protect. And, and so to find out that his woman, and I say that loosely, to find out that his woman's cheated on him, man, that messes with their head. And they have, they have a really, really hard time forgiving and getting over a situation like that. You know, we know that there's a lot of cases where men cheat, and but, you know, when women cheat, men struggle with that one. And so sad and brokenhearted, you know, it sounds like here you have a husband who is, is really still struggling with um, getting over that. Now, what I would say to you is definitely counseling is in order. You both definitely need counseling. And truthfully, the way things are going in your relationship, I don't see it working out. And I'm not saying that it can't work out, so I don't want you to get me wrong and say that I just think you should give up because I don't think you should just give up on your relationship. If you love him and he loves you, it's definitely worth fighting over. And marriage is supposed to be for keeps. And it's something that, you know, you, you're faced with all kinds of difficulties and, and obstacles. And um, if you want it to work, you, you have to work through it. But the reason I say that I don't see it um, working out is because of the way you're relating and you're dealing with each other in your relationship. And not that it can't, but the two of you appear to just be sweeping the situation under the carpet and not dealing with the issues head on or being honest about what you both are confronted with. So, you know, both of you need to seek counseling on this matter. I don't see it as just your problem, but it's an issue that he needs counseling on as well. And it, it sounds as if there's a lot of bitterness and resentment. And instead of dealing with the issue, both of you are just putting things in the middle to avoid dealing with the problem. And, you know, no matter how busy your husband gets or what is going on, the problem is still there. And my thoughts are, if you are not going to deal with them, and if you're not going to work to heal your relationship, then why even bother to just make each other miserable? That doesn't make sense. So if you want your relationship to work, then the two of you need to confront the issues in your marriage. And if your mate is not willing to have some serious discussions, then ultimately, you're going to have to make some hard decisions on your own. And, and, and that may be hard, but that's the truth. You know, the thing that bothers me about your letter is that, you know, as I was reading it, it's, you separated him in everything you wrote. You, you mentioned things like his boys are graduating. He is trying to buy a house. He is starting his business. Now, I know that you all are not really getting along and you're not really communicating, but in marriage, there is no um, I and me. And so your your letter kind of, what bothered me about your letter is I didn't see any us and we are ours. And the thing is, even in 
blended family scenarios, when you get married to someone who has children, those children become partly yours as well. And that's whether you're a custodial parent or not, you know. And so, you know, if you're listening, this situation is a classic example of social media not being helpful and how it can actually help to destroy your relationship. You know, here you have someone who's already having a problem in their relationship. You have some infidelity issues on both parts. On both sides, there's infidelity issues. And you still have both people on social media still kicking it, and I'm using that lightly, on social media, but they're living in the same house and not even talking to each other. But they can talk to people from halfway across the globe and build these fantastic relationships online, but can't even get their relationship together offline. And so here's a situation and a classic example of social media not being helpful and can actually use, be used to undermine your relationship. Because in truth, why would you even spend any time on Facebook or, or any other social media for that fact when your house is in disarray? You know, that's the time to shut it down and, and get your house in order. You know, and that's the truth of the matter. So, you know, sad and brokenhearted, if he is communicating with a woman online and he's having the conversations that you say he's having, um, he, in, he, in truth, is not being any better than what you are when you stepped out. You know, some people think that, okay, um, now two wrongs don't make a right, but it damn sure makes it even. You know, but this is not the way to be in a marital relationship. That's just not how two people who love each other um, handle each other, no matter how difficult, how hurt you are. Um, it still requires loving interaction. And if you really want the relationship to work, to really work to address the issues, you know. You know, I've said this before, and I say it to you and your mate. I've said it to other people. Pee or get off the pot. Pee or get off the pot. You know, you're either willing to work on your issues or not. But the bottom line is you got to work on them. I do want to continue on my response to sad and brokenhearted, but we'll take a commercial break and we'll be right back after this. Hi there, this is Akia. Relationships are a fundamental part of our lives. And often during the journey, questions arise and sometimes we need someone to help us see things from another perspective. Straightforward Talk with Atia allows you to call in to ask the tough questions and get sensible, real, open and honest, straightforward relationship coaching on the spot. I don't give advice. I offer practical solutions for your relationship dilemma. So join me on Straightforward Talk with Atia, Sundays from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Keys 107 Network. You're listening to Straightforward Talk with Atia on the Keys 107 Network. Real talk about relationships and married life. Okay, we are back. And if you are just tuning in, you are listening to Straightforward Talk with Atia. We have been discussing social media's impact on marriages and relationships. 
And we have also been discussing a letter from one of our listeners um, signed, Sad and Broken Hearted, dealing with infidelity issues. And also, if we have time, um, this half of the show, we will also open up discussions about pornography. Is it helpful or hurtful to marriages and relationships? And the first 10 callers to call in and respond to that question will receive a free ebook or audio book of their choice from The Marriage Tree. And that's www.themarriagetree.net. Again, the call-in number is 213-943-3618. Now, what I was saying before we went to commercial break, um, in, in regards to Sad and Broken Hearted's letter, what I was saying is, Pierre, get off the pot. You know, if your husband is unable or, or unwilling to forgive you for cheating and choosing to not be with you, then he needs to step up to the plate and man up and say, you know what, I can't get through this. And then he just needs to walk away. But if he refuses, then, but yet continue in the vein that he's going in, then you're going to have to woman up and make the necessary decision for yourself. You know, what use is it to stay in a miserable situation and in a marriage where neither one of you are willing to work to heal and restore the relationship? What, what, what sense does it make? You know, at some point, one of you, if not both, is going to have to take responsibility and be accountable for the marriage relationship. And in truth, sad and brokenhearted, you're going to have to take responsibility and be accountable for stepping out. You know, that's just the way it is. You broke the trust, and as you can see, infidelity breeds these types of emotions and feelings. You know, and you do sound in your letter like you're remorseful, like you're sorry that it happened. Um, and for the listeners out there, infidelity is not just about having sex with someone else. You know, there is such thing as emotional infidelity as well. And, you know, a married man or woman engaged in having all these online conversations and their spouse is not there and they have these connections where either you're getting online and you're looking forward to the other person being there or if that person comes online looking forward to you being on there, you know, you're, you're bordering on emotional infidelity because you're creating emotional ties that really should be exclusive to you and your spouse, you know. And that's something to think about. But for sad and brokenhearted, you know, there's some things that on your end, and it sounds as if you've been trying a lot of things, but there's some things on your end that it's going to take extra from you to mend the situation. But then on your husband's side, He's got to decide if he's going to forgive you and then the two of you work to restore your marriage or if he's not. You know, in my book, From Ordinary to Extraordinary, in Chapter 5, Keeping Your Eyes on the Prize, I deal with the issue of marriage and confronting difficult issues and overcoming them. And in that chapter, I explain that it may be difficult to make some decisions. However, it's important to make them. You know, the problems don't just go away just because you sweep them under the carpet or pretend that they don't exist. Your condition will not change unless you go to work to change it. It's up to you and it's up to your mate to make the decision to work together in earnest 
to heal and restore your union or to call it quits. But the way it's going now, I think it's a cop-out, you know? The two of you, if it's going to be the two of you, are going to have to take responsibility for your marriage and work together on bringing the love back into your relationship. You know, if it's not going to be a two of you, then you're going to have to take responsibility for your life and do what needs to be done to make it better. You know, I read your letter and you were saying that um, you're just sad, you're broken hearted, you're feeling hopeless, and you're just going to have to wait until something good or something bad happens for you. Um, you guess you're just going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. You're feeling lonely. You don't have to deal with the situation alone. You don't have to feel lonely. Um, and you definitely do not have to tolerate a perpetuation of the problem because you stepped out. You know, if this happened a long, long, long time ago, and I'm presuming that a long, long, long time ago, meaning several years ago, then, you know, he stayed in the relationship. And based on your letter, you said that he says that he loves you. You know, if the love is there and both of you love each other and you both want it to work, there's no reason why it can't work. You know, people get through infidelity issues all the time. And not saying that it's an excuse or it's acceptable because infidelity is actually one of those reasons to actually end a marriage. But there are a lot of marriages that make it through infidelity. And who's to say that you can't make it through it as well? Because you can. But it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take the two of you working together. And it's going to take both of you making some changes and modifications in your behavior and the way you're relating to one another. It's going to take that. And my recommendations is to minimize your activity on Facebook and Twitter and the other social medias and really put that time and effort into restoring and healing your relationship if that's what you all want. Because the bottom line is things are not going to change unless the two of you make the change. And no one has to go through it alone. But you are going to have to make some decisions. You know, why make yourself miserable? And why keep punishing yourself for a mistake that you made a long, long time? But I want to correct that. Um, adultery and infidelity, for those who are listening, is not a mistake. It is not a mistake. Those relationships are built on lies, deception, not being honest, and it's a role that's not paid with good intentions. I know you have some people that say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's a lie because the road to hell is not paved by good, by, uh, good intentions. Ill intentions pave the road to hell. And just like infidelity, adultery, cheating, 
you know, people say that I didn't mean it to happen or we didn't mean it to happen. That's a lie too. And that's a perpetuation of the problem because you meant it to happen. That's why you were secret about it. You covered it up. You lied. You cheated. And this is not being judgmental, but I'm talking to the listeners and not necessarily sad and brokenhearted in the situation. But, you know, that's not a mistake. That is something that was done intentionally for whatever reason, whatever fulfillment you didn't feel you were getting at home. It was intentional. And it's a, a, a coward way out to say that you being unfaithful, if you're one of those people who, who are in an, in an adulterous situation, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. But going back to sad and brokenhearted, Things are not going to change unless the two of you make the changes in your relationship. And it is possible to get through this. You don't have to go through it alone. And I don't want you to think because you this happened to you years ago that you should be um, condemned to hell or punished for the rest of your life. No. If your husband decided to forgive you and to work through the situation, then he becomes equally responsible to do what's necessary to help restore and heal the marriage. It becomes something that you two work on together, not just you having to cater to him. You both have to serve each other and work together. But either way, you're going to have to make a decision. And it makes no sense to make yourself miserable, like I said, or keep punishing yourself. Yes, you stepped out. And consequently, you may have lost your husband as a result of it. However, you know, I'm sure this will be a lesson, you know, for, for any of your future relationships. But... Um, it makes no sense to keep beating yourself up. Make the necessary changes in your life and deal with the issues at hand. You know, deal with them. Don't push them under the carpet or pretend that they don't exist or ignore them. And it makes no sense to keep wandering or being in a relationship and you both being miserable. Marriage is not designed for that. Marriage is designed for two people to love each other and build and grow and become friends. So somehow the two of you have to work together to bring the friendship back in your relationship. Deal with the issues at hand. And the truth is, it's going to take courage on both of your parts. So I hope this helps. Um, I really hope this helps your situation. For the listeners, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Straightforward Talk with Atiyah. If you want to call in and ask a question, please give us a call at 213-943-3618. You can also visit our chat room and send in your question there. Again, the number is 213-943-3618. Okay, moving on. We have another question from, actually this one is from the Spice Island of Grenada. And Miss Antarctica, she asked the question, what are your thoughts of public displays of affection in Grenada? And that's an interesting question. I actually live in uh, Grenada. I'm from the U.S., but I, I live in Grenada. And um, it's really interesting <laughs> because... Um, yeah, Grenada. In Grenada, there's you don't see a lot of public 
displays of affection. You see a whole lot of other stuff. I know we said that if we had time, we were going to hit on pornography. Um, sometimes some of the way that people dress here in uh, Grenada is, is a pornographic scene, and that's the reality of it is. And in truth, um, <laughs> what's funny is pornography is actually illegal here. But in Grenada, you don't see a lot of public displays of affection. You know, my take on this and what my thoughts are in terms of what I call PDA is holding hands or even a little kiss here and there is okay, you know. Now, when you get to the bumping and the grinding, that's another matter, you know. And that's what you'll see. Actually, we're coming up on the carnival season here in the Caribbean, and um, we're in that season now, actually in a week or two. Um, a lot of people are coming from different parts of the world celebrating the carnival season. And you'll see a lot of public displays of affection in the form of whining. Now, if you're not familiar with whining, I encourage the listeners to go out online and punch in this dance called whining. And and you'll actually see this dance. And, and one of the things is you get a lot of people who are who will whine in public. And they may be whining with other people, not even their mates, but it's definitely something that when you see it, you'll know that this is definitely not a dance that you do with someone other than your mate. And in truth, the question becomes, is it even a dance that you do in public? Because the dance itself, it simulates sexual moves, you know. But on the norm here in Grenada, as we walk through town, me and my husband, we often hold hands um, he kind of puts his arm around me, or I put my arm around him, and we hold hands walking in the town. Actually, when we leave the house, a lot of times we hold hands. And um, But you rarely see couples together like that in town, and so when we're in town, they kind of look at us like we're um, from another planet, because you don't see a lot of it. And um, you don't really see too many sh people showing any kind of affection to each other. Now, I will tell you this, there's a lot of cat calls that happens and flirtations that go on, and it really doesn't matter if you're with your mate or not. I know there's a time when me and my husband, we were in Grenville, and Grenville is an area in Grenada, and um, we were in Grenville, and we were coming out of a pharmacy. My husband had his headsets on, and he was listening to his music, so he really didn't, he was kind of oblivious to, to what was really going on, but a man, when I was coming out, of the pharmacy, and my husband was actually holding my hand too. Um, and he, the man said, "Can I have some of that?" And I turned and looked to him, and I saw that my husband had his headsets on, and he was listening to his music. And I turned to the man, you know, and I said, "You know, no, all of this is for my husband." And I kind of walked on, and then I, you know, shared it with my husband. But that's a lot of the things you see, you know, a lot of the things that go on. Also, just the other day, actually, we were walking down the street on our way home from this function um, in an area called Vincennes. And um, there was a, a, a man who we were walking home, and he stopped us, and he was trying to talk to me. And I'm with my husband, and he was, he was trying to talk to me, and he, he, was trying to, he, he wanted to ask me a question. And, you know, I was like, you know, you are stopping me to try to ask me a question, but my husband is right here. That's disrespectful and really dishonorable to my husband. And he was very insistent on asking me a question. I told him, no, that's disrespectful. Whatever you got to ask me, you need to ask my husband. And so 
he was what he was doing was trying to ask me for money. And so finally, when I dismissed myself from him, and I just refused to allow him to even interact with me, and forced him, in essence, really by my action to deal with my husband, he asked my husband for the money. And then when my husband told him no, he tried to come back and turn to me and turn around and ask me again. You know, and but that's just the kind of blatant disregard and disrespect, unfortunately, that sometimes happens um, here. And so I kind of dismissed him totally, and I left my husband to him, and I just moved and went over to uh, someone else's and started talking to another family that we know, another married couple. But one of the things that I do want to mention in terms of Grenada and Miss Antarctica, I hope you're listening, is, you know, 80% of the children born here in Grenada are born out of wedlock. And one of the things that we've learned is that there's a very high infidelity rate here. And, and over 67% of the population here in Grenada are under the age of 35. You know, and one of the things that we learned by being here, and we are actually the only married couple, there's one other one, but in, in, in our village where we are, there's one couple, but then we're next to that, we're the only other married couple in this village. And what we've learned in Grenada overall, that there is a disregard for the institution of marriage. And, you know, the mindset is, is, is does not encourage a respect for the sanctity and sacredness of marriage. And there's actually a permeating ignorance when it comes to marital etiquette. You know, for example, and we've had this situation on a number of occasions, which has actually caused some, some challenges. You know, for example, you'll have women that have come to our home and they'll call my husband's name. And then when I come up to the door and I may ask them what they need, they'll they'll insist on speaking with him, you know, and will actually refuse to share with me what they need. You know, my husband will, you know, he'll have me go to the door a lot of times because, frankly, he gets tired of them calling his name. But, um, and then he, he wonders why they actually do it, you know. But um, we also had a situation where, you know, there's a, a neighbor, there's three women, you know, two of the women will always call my husband's name, they're very kind to him, but it'll be rude to me. And um, so this particular issue, uh, recently my husband was putting on an event, and um, the young lady knocked on the door, called his name, because they don't knock on the door, but the young lady called his name, and I came to the door, and she insisted to speak with him, and I just I just was not even going to get it into him. So he came to the door, and I, I came out with him, and I sat while they talked. And he took her email address so he can send her the flyers so that she can get her son involved in the uh, sports activity that he was doing. And um, what she failed to realize is that me and my husband worked together. I created the flyer, and he turned around and gave me the email address, and I emailed her from my business email address, and she never responded to it. So thus, her son didn't even get the opportunity to participate, and we ended up changing the date, changing the flyer. And initially, she was going to, she had told him she was going to print it off, and um, she shared with him where he could post it and so forth, but the email came from me, and there was even no response. So, you know, it kind of opens up the door. And this, you know, some of it is just ignorance and not understanding marital etiquette, that when you come by someone's home and there's a husband and wife, if you're a woman, you don't call the husband's name. If you're going to call the name, you call Mr. and Mrs., whatever their name is. And if you're a man, you don't approach or call the woman's name. 
you call, you know, Mr. and Mrs. or you call the husband's name. You know, and this is, so when I say that there's a permeating ignorance there, that's what I mean. And so that's a very good question that Miss Antarctica um, asked. And you want to know what my thoughts are in terms of public displays of affection in Grenada. I think because there is a high uh, infidelity rate going on. And I said all of what I said before, you know, the infidelity rate here is, is really high. And in an area where you have people sleeping with, with each other's men or women, husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's hard to show public displays of affection because the person you might be holding hands with might be somebody married or supposed to be going with, quote unquote, with somebody else. And you end up getting caught. You know, there are men who actually brag about having women in various parishes. You have a, a man who will have a husband in St. Anne, I mean, a man who will have a, a girlfriend or whatever, a woman in uh, St. Andrews, one in St. Paul, um, Guas, you know. And um, you have all these women, in some cases, having babies by the same men. You know, Grenada has all kinds of stuff going on here. We were just at an event the other day on sexual abuse and child abuse. You know, um, I read an article here in one of the magazines that there's a mindset here in the Caribbean that marriage isn't even an important institution anymore. It's not even necessary. You know, that right there um, lets you know that the state of mind, there's a problem. So to ask what my thoughts are in terms of public displays of affection, I think in general, you know, holding hands with your mate, um, maybe a kiss. I'm, I'm not talking about a real sexual deep kiss, so forth, you know, where you know you can look at a person and say you need to get a room or go home or what have you. But I don't think that general uh, displays of affection of holding hands and, you know, maybe walking with your arms around each other, showing that type of affection. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, um, Miss Antarctica, I don't see a problem with it at all. You know, but sometimes uh, given the relational situations here in the area, and just for the listeners out there, there's only like close to 100,000 people here in Grenada. And... Um, so it's it's a small it's like a small town in America, and you have a lot of issues going on, and because of the overwhelming issues of infidelity here, it probably makes it difficult for people to engage in public displays of affection because you're actually um, <laughs> you might be showing affection to the wrong person or someone that is not a, a person that you actually should have been with in the first place because that person may be married to someone else. So there's certainly a lot of issues to attack here. And um, we're, we're winding down on time. I did want to be able to talk about pornography and is it helpful or hurtful to marriage and relationships, why or why not. We do want to hear from the callers, but we're we're winding up on the close of our show and we don't really have the time to, to go into that, so we definitely want to pick up that question uh, next week. And for the first 10 callers, again, we will uh, give a free ebook 
for audiobook too. If you go to the Marriage Tree website, www.themarriagetree.net, any book that's listed on there of your choice, you can get if you're one of the first 10 callers. Um, I'm winding down the show, but if you want to make a comment, you still have time. Just give us a call at 213-943-3618. You can also visit our chat room and, and send your questions to there. Again, the number is 213-943-3618. And I really do want to open up the discussion um, about the pornography because it is really an important issue. But I want to take the time um, to thank our listeners for listening to the show. As always, I would like to thank our uh, producers and engineers for helping things to run smoothly as possible. I would like to thank Pat DV and Dan O'Song for the music, Dance Zone, and In the Deal. And uh, you can visit us online at www.themarriagetree.net or you can email me at atiyah at themarriagetree.net. Send me your questions and your comments. And don't forget to pick up your copy of From Ordinary to Extraordinary and Love is Not a Game Audio. I would like to mention very quickly that the show is archived on www.blogtalkradio.com, the keys 107, and um, you can download Blog Talk Radio app for your smart device. You can also send inquiries, ideas for future shows, and comments to suggestions at the Keys 107 Network. And don't forget to join us next Sunday where we're going to be opening the discussion on pornography. Is it helpful or hurtful for your relationship or marriage? So we'll see you next Sunday, same time, same place. And stay at peace and stay in love. This is Atia. Have a great evening. And see you next time on Straightforward Talk with Atia on the Keys 107 Network. Thank you for listening to Straightforward Talk with Atiyah. If you'd like to talk with Atiyah off the air, visit www.themarriagetree.net www.themarriagetree.net or connect with her on Facebook or Twitter. Don't forget to join us next Sunday live from 4 to 5pm. Straightforward Talk with Atiyah on the Key 107 Network.